I love God's presence. Tonight at 6 o'clock, we're going to have a special one-hour time of prayer and praise. Um, So you're invited. We don't have a registration, but we will be recording the names of those who do come tonight for tracing purposes. The government has asked us to do that, so we will from 6 to 7 p.m. tonight. Some worship and some time of prayer. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3. I want to, as as you're turning, I want to thank every one of you for being so compliant, so willing to see and to help and to make things happen so that we can meet together. I, I, I appreciate that. It is a challenging time. And it's, it's, it's challenging everybody everywhere. And uh, so I want to thank you for being so, so willing to do whatever it takes. I want to thank the worship team. Um, it's different. Worshiping is different now. I don't know if you recognize it, but it has changed a bit. Um, we have an overflow room. I want to thank you because um, some people don't find out till Sunday morning when they get a text message from myself saying, would you be open to going upstairs? We're, we're learning and we're trying very hard. And I just want to thank everybody for being so open and so, so uh, flexible. And let's make this happen. Amen. Galatians chapter 3. We've been spending a number of weeks in the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians is about liberty. A few weeks ago when I started this series, I said uh, the first sermon was, you're free. I am free. I am free. That that should get like, like you're not bound or stuck to the ways of the past. You are free. He has set you free. And, And we spent some time looking at that. We spent some time, uh, Pastor Daniel, he went into chapter 2 and he talked about the showdown and how Paul and Peter had this this pretty, like, wow, heavyweight showdown and Paul was, was confronting Peter and just saying, listen, we've been set free and Peter... Peter was, was being pressured by the Jewish people, the Judaizers or Judaizers, who had came and said, no, you've got to do this, this, and this. And Paul said, no, the gospel, it's a freedom. And Paul shared about the freedom. And then if you continue in chapter 2, he continues talking about that. And he ends with the chapter, chapter 2, he ends with the passage about, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Pastor Daniel preached last week about our life in Christ. This week, I want us to turn to chapter 3, and I want to spend a little bit of time in chapter 3. Josiah and Sidney, would you be able to grab our illustrations this morning? I've asked them if they could help me for a a couple minutes, so... uh, We're going to set the stage for a moment, but if you're in chapter 3, and I'm going to ask you to do something, I'm going to ask you to join me. I'll read this, but I want you to read along with me in whatever version you have, and uh, hopefully we won't get too distracted by Josiah and Sidney. 
But in chapter 3, he says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? This is the only thing. Thank you. Thank you. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So then... Does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Hmm. I believe there's going to be some miracles happening today. And I'll tell you why. Because I hear it. You got to listen. Because God speaks. And sometimes he speaks to you about something amazing that is going to happen. And this morning, I believe miracles are going to happen. I can hear it in my spirit. Even so, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed in you. Thank God for that. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. And we've been spending time in Galatians. Paul wrote this book to a group of people that he had been to. He had visited there. He'd done two trips Some people think it was written after the second trip. Some people think it was written after the first trip. But he had spent time in Galatia. He had spent time in about four or five major cities, and he had established churches. And he had established them, listen to this, he established them according to the revelation of Jesus Christ that he had received. We all need a revelation of Jesus Christ. This morning as we were singing, we were singing the, that last song, he breaks every chain. As Pastor Nelson will often say is, you either believe it or you don't. You either believe he breaks every chain or you don't. And I believe he bleep, breaks every chain. There is no chain too difficult for him. Cancer is not too difficult for him. Death is not too difficult for him. You say, well, no, I have to be living. No, Jesus went to Lazarus and raised him up, and he says, I am the resurrection and the life. There's nothing too difficult for Jesus. In the scriptures, it says, is his hand shortened that it cannot save? No. So Paul had this amazing revelation. And in chapter 1, he greets them. And if you study the book at all, and you study a few other books that Paul wrote, 
quite often after the first few verses of introducing himself, he just says, guys, I'm so happy for you. And he kind of blesses him. In, in chapter 1, he, he greets himself. He says, listen, I'm Paul, an apostle called by Jesus. And then he gets right into it about three or four verses later. He says, oh, foolish Galatians. And he jumps right into it. He has a concern about the way they've been living and about what somebody or some group of people had come in and put all this bondage on them. So chapter 1, he spends time in doing that, and then he defends his apostleship because it was under attack. The very people that came to challenge the, the believers in Galatia also challenged Paul's authority. So chapter 1 and chapter 2, he spends time doing that. He also lays out numerous times in chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4, the principles and the theological background for freedom. He establishes theologically the basis, how we can say, why can I say I'm free? It's not because of me, it's because of Christ. And he comes around it three or four different ways. And in chapter 3, he has it another way, and he starts by saying, foolish Galatians. And what we've done is we see here that Paul is confronting them. Now, in the last few weeks, we've, we've introduced the new David, and we've introduced the old David. Does everybody remember that? The old man, the new man. I, I want to, I've got to make it a little easier for you to remember. Josiah, could you come here for a moment? Could you help me? But could you get a little bit of tape here? Just take off a little bit. This here is the old Dave. sure he'll stay maybe another little piece I'm going to need a few pieces but I want to do this I'm doing this on purpose because God spoke to me this week about the old man and the new man and then we have a new man if you could take a couple more pieces this is the new David he looks the same, but he's new. <laughs> you put one right at the bottom there. No, it's not. It's the same picture. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. Awesome. And uh, I've I got to make sure we understand this right. The new man and the old man. going to such extremes because I don't think we sometimes understand the depth of what God has done for us. So, thank you. There we go. And 
if you're concerned at all with today's day and age, I even got a mask. I just don't know how to put it on him. The old man and the new man. And this week, God was speaking to me, and he said, David, he says, you've got the old man and the new man. He says, but you know what? The old man is gone. And sometimes we leave them up. Sometimes we let them live. But Christ said, no. You've been translated from this kingdom of darkness into his kingdom of his dear son. And this week as I was studying and preparing, the Lord spoke to me and said, David, this guy is crucified. He's dead. In other words, and I want to make sure I do this right because I don't want anybody here to think I got beat up by a cardboard pitcher. So I'm going to kill this guy. He's going down, but I just want to make sure he goes down and he doesn't bounce. Like I was going to do it with one of those, you know, as a kid we had those inflatable punching bags and you'd punch it and it would come right back up and you'd punch. So this, I'm not doing that. This guy, he's dead. He's gone. He's finished. He does, I do not even come back to here. Everything I do, Everything is from this position. You're set free. I do not come back to here. Pastor Nelson and we were talking to him once and he says sometimes people try to resurrect the old man. Quit, quit trying to give him CPR. Quit trying to get him alive. You are a new creation. And Paul in Galatians is telling them, and he's setting out the theological position in chapters 1, 2, and 3 about what it looks like to be free. He compares words like the work, the work of the law compared to the life of the Spirit. He compares things like freedom to being held back. In chapter 3 here, I find it amazing because in this chapter, he, he is connecting, Paul is writing this scripture. The scripture is written by his hand. And yet the Holy Spirit is giving him the thoughts and the inspiration as he writes. It's 100% God, but it's also 100% Paul. And as Paul's writing this, some of the things that he writes, he's actually using the language of the day to connect with the people. He says, oh foolish Galatians, the people of the Greek people considered themselves intelligent. They considered themselves wise and really smart. And what does he do? He attacks them and he says, you guys are unintelligent. I mean, he gets pretty, he, gets, he says, and not only unintelligent, but if you study that word, it also refers to lacking morals. Can you imagine getting a letter from somebody going, you're, you're, you're dumb, you're foolish, what's going on? 
Paul is pretty aggressive here. It mattered so much to Paul that we and the Galatian people understood what freedom was, that he was prepared to use language that would interrupt them, offend them, and get their attention in order that they would see what Christ has done. Christ did the same. Sometimes the stuff he said offended the people that were around him. Now, I'm not here to offend you this morning. That's, that's not what I'm here. But I do want you to think. I do want you to think. Because so many times we live below the level God has created us to live at. And Paul is combating that. And Paul's starting, where you start is important. And Paul is saying, you started in freedom. You've started in freedom. Why are you going back to what is not freedom? He talks about, he uses the word, how, in fact, he says, who has bewitched you? That was intriguing to me, but that word actually refers to what they call the evil eye. Again, this is language that was used in that day, and they, the, the, the scholars have said many letters and many of the correspondence of that day, when they finished the letter to them, they'd say, watch out for the evil eye. And, they, and this isn't just spiritual, this is other people writing in that timeline and in that area. They would write and say, be careful of that evil eye, be careful that, of that, and, and they, they'd try to help the person, and, and they would just wish them well. So Paul is using language that they're familiar with. I found that interesting. God will use things you're familiar with. And he'll get your attention. And this morning, or this week, he got it with, with me saying, David, the old man is dead. Get, get rid of him. He said, you're doing the illustration wrong. I thought it was genius. God thought it was wrong. Guess who was right? Thank you, Daniel. My brother's always there to correct me. <laughs> but Paul is writing to them, and he says, who has given you the evil eye? Who, in fact, has tried to cast a spell on you, is what he's saying. I mean, he is aggressive. And this morning, I want to be aggressive in the mindset and in the passion that you are set free you are set free. You are set free. I know people that struggle with things because their mom or dad didn't address them in a certain way or they had friends that always talked to them in a certain manner. We were chatting yesterday. When I was a child, my dad would cut our hair. And, and my mother-in-law said, did he use a bowl? He didn't need a bowl. He just shaved it. And he would turn it to like number one or even less than a number one and he'd go and he'd start and he'd just go all the way up. And as kids, and Pastor Daniel will attest to this, kids would come up behind us after our haircut and they'd run their hand up the and go razor, razor. And they would tease us all the time till we got our next haircut. And then it would start again. You say, why are you saying that? Because what happens is, you know what you do? You get old enough and you say, I'm not going to live like that anymore. And you look at a past picture of Pastor Daniel and he had long hair after he got married. 
And he says it was just the fact that there was the pendulum swinging and we had a debate whether it was rebellion or just this, the, the, this pendulum. But what happens is people will react to those things and you know what? You're set free from that. You do not have to react to that. You are set free from that. I had one brother who wore a toque every day. And he came home one day after school. He wore it in school, like before it was fashionable, before it was cool. Now everybody wears it. But he, this was like 40 years ago. I mean, this was before people even knew that toques were cool. And he wore the toque in school. He came home with a friend of his one day, and he took it off, and his friend saw it and goes, oh, you don't do too bad. <laughs> the things we do because we're bound up. And Paul is saying, you're set free. You're set free. You're set free. He challenges them to think. So this morning, I want you to think, are you living a life that reflects the freedom Christ gave you? Now, that freedom Christ gave you doesn't mean you do whatever you want because Paul says all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. Not everything's good. Just because I can do what I want doesn't mean I do what I want. And by the way, when I became a new man, I determined, I committed myself to live for Christ what he said I would do. I turned over the controls to Christ I think we got too many Christians with a split personality. They're trying to make the decisions. No, there are things that God challenges me that I have to change. I'm not permitted to do certain things because it's not my decision. I live for Christ, and he lives in me. Well, that was the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure if he's going to stay up anymore. There we go. Let's see. Well, we're going to lay him down. He's having a nap. There we go. He's going to have a nap. There we go. How did you start? Does anybody here remember the first while you were saved? And I'm not, this is not a trick question. But do, do, does anybody here remember the first while you got saved? I'll be honest with you, I, I was born in a Christian home, so I cannot tell you an exact date. But some people know the exact date. They know where they were. And what I have found is there is an impression in them of the freedom and the relief that Christ brought them at that moment. Does anybody understand what I'm speaking about? There's, there's like... A, it changed. I used to be harassed. Now I accepted Christ and all of a sudden I changed. I've seen people's face change. I've talked to people and I've seen them saved and it's like literally their face changed. The way their face looked changed when they accepted Christ. There's something, it's, it's amazing. And Paul is saying, listen guys, how did you start? Did you start by following all these rules or did you start because Christ came and the power of the Spirit came and you accepted by faith what Christ had done for you? 
it's important that you remember where you start from. Don't lose the import and the power and the majesty of the redemptive story that Christ has done for you. I would recommend you write it down. I would recommend you write it down. You might share it with somebody. Write down what Christ has done for you. We have the wall at the back, the testimony wall. That's the same purpose, is to write down and remember what Christ has done for us. It's important. And Paul is writing to them, and he says, how did you start? He said, the old man is dead. There is no going back. I, want you to, I would like you to say, there's no going back. Amen. I am not going back. I'm not going back. I live in a new relationship. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Paul challenges them. He talks. We are funny people. We are funny people. Um, I've worked in construction most of my life. I, I grew up working... Uh, as a young boy, um, I spent a lot of time working in a steel shop. And what they would always tell us is, don't try to reinvent the wheel. But have you noticed sometimes we invent the wheel and then we figure a circle isn't good enough? So let's make it an oblong. I just saw online a couple weeks ago a guy that did a triangular wheel. And he was so proud of it. And then they follow, I've watched the YouTube clip and at the end of it he says, you know what, the circle works better. Don't add to the, what Christ has done for you. Don't add to what he has done. He saved you. He set you free. He has redeemed you. He has broken off all those things from the past. You don't have to add to it. What you need to do is celebrate what he's done and then continue on in that. And Paul is saying, listen, guys, you received this by faith, the power of the Spirit. He says, why are you wanting to go back now and trying to add to it by the works of man and the works of the law? Don't, don't, don't add to it. I would suggest to you, you have the superior already. You have the superior. You don't need Jesus Christ 2.0. You've got Jesus Christ, period, and he's better than any other version anybody can make up. Jesus Christ, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't need an update every night. He doesn't need to get booted up. He doesn't need to recharge. His battery doesn't go low. He's the same. You have what is superior. Don't go from what is good to what is lousier. Don't go from the superior to the inferior. And Paul, in this passage, is challenging them. And he says to them on a number of occasions, he, he throws out these rhetorical questions. Who, who, who has taken you? Why have you gone from what started you with amazing things to going back? And this morning, if I could challenge you at all, I would challenge you to remember you are set free. Don't go back to bondage.
And you say, well, of course I'm not. No, keep the relationship you have with Christ strong. Fall in love with him over and over and over again. I don't think we'll ever exhaust his goodness. I don't think we'll ever exhaust what Christ has done for us. And Paul, in in this passage in Galatians, he says, you're set free. So I want to say, you're set free. Look at somebody with your mask on and try to let them hear it coherently. Look at somebody and say, you're set free. You're set free. I mean, we... We're learning how to do things we've never done, but I was talking to some people this morning. Years ago, we would go to do somebody's handshake, and we go like this, and just before you shook, you go, gotcha. Now that's the thing to do. Just before you shake hands, you go, gotcha. We're learning these new things. You are set free. Can I hear an amen? You're set free. You don't have to live according to the old dictates. You can say, no, they are dead. They're buried. They're gone. I live according to the, the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in me. I want to give you a couple thoughts this morning, a couple practical thoughts about how the freedom that Christ has given to you. You're set free to live according to the way God had designed you to live. So you're set free to be the best version of you that you can be. So let's make it practical. How do you remember this? A couple things. You rehearse his word. Rehearse his word. Jesus says, who the Son has set free is free indeed. Jesus says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Jesus says, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. Jesus says, you're more than a conqueror because of Christ that lives in you. Rehearse what Christ has said about you. And what he has said about you is in the word of God. I don't have 16 steps. I've just got one simple step to make it practical. You're set free. And how you remember that is you rehearse the word. Spend time with God. I can't, I can't, I I, I don't have 16 different steps. Sometimes I got some practical things. To me, the most practical thing you can do is spend time with God. Spend time time with God just like you spent time with that girl or the guy when you found them and you couldn't get enough of them that's the same way in fact do it every single day with Jesus spend time with him God what are you speaking to me what are you saying spend time with God amen so what is my one point this morning about living a life that's free if you get it I'm going to stop now so if you got it right we're going to stop Oh, Pastor Daniel, what is my one point? Amen. Can everybody say that? Spend time. Is that real simple? It sounds simple, but it can be challenging. 
But I want to encourage you, you're set free. You now live in a position where you got this handsome face in front of you. You're set free. You're set free. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I ask that we would just get a fresh revelation of what it is like to live free. Free from the harassment of the past. Free from the condemnation. Free from all those voices. And that I would learn to spend time with you and to grow in my freedom. Your precious name. And everybody said...